Among the important pressures shaping English language and literature are those connected with the invasions and occupations of the island of Britain in the period 55 BC to 1066 AD. In the centuries preceding the birth of Christ, Celtic tribes from the European mainland crossed the English Channel to Britain. These Celt spoke a language related to modern Welsh. In 55 BC, Julius Caesar led an expedition to Britain. It did not come off well. The second attempt in 54 BC was more successful, but failed to establish permanent occupation. Once more, Caesar left the island. In 43 AD, the Romans under the Emperor Claudius occupied the central part of the island with an army of 40,000 men. Within 40 years, the Celt had either knelt to the Romans or fled to the places of security in the mountains of Scotland, Wales and Cornwall. So for three and a half centuries, central England was a Roman province, orderly, secure, Romanized. Walls, roads, towns marked the Roman way of government. Latin was spoken by the upper classes and the Celtic remained the language of the popular. This changed when in 410 the Roman army was recalled to keep peace back at home to protect Rome against attacking barbarian lands of the north. Then by 450 came the Germanic tribes called Jutes, Angles and Saxons. The Jutes were the first to come. They were summoned by the Britons to help them against the Picts invasion from the north after the departure of the Romans. Softened by centuries of benevolent protection, the Britons had been unable to cope with the vigorous Germanic tribes. Hence the invitation to the Jutes who was led by Hengist and Hosa. They established themselves permanently in Kent, in the southeast and in Hampshire and the Isle of Wight. These Germanic tribes came from Denmark and the North Sea coast of Germany. The Angles settled in the eastern, central and northern portions of the country. These settlements later developed into the kingdoms known as East Anglia, Mercia and Northumbria. The Saxons came via south. After some earlier marauding phrase, they settled in the areas south of Thames and their excellent developed settlements developed into their later kingdoms of Sussex, Wessex and Essex. The Anglo-Saxons eventually formed seven separate kingdoms known as the Heptarchy. The term Anglo-Saxons was first used in continental Latin sources, but it soon came to mean English. Britain, the land of Celtic Britons, became England. Um, that is Ingla land, the house of Germanic Angles and Saxons. Next is about Anglo-Saxon society. The Saxon invaders were not an organized and disciplined army. They came as tribes or family groups, first to loot and then to take land. They had no political organization or ideas. They had no idea of a nation. In the beginning, the center of their social and political organization was the mid-hall, a long hall surrounded by huts. The king and the warriors lived. In the hall, the king was often the strong and most successful warrior of the group. The king counselors were the chief warriors, his relatives and friends. They formed the court when they said was the law. 
they were loyal to the king the king in turn would be generous in his dispensation since there was no clear boundary lines between kingdoms war was the way of life for conquest and defense blood bloods found feuds were common and punishment for was payment of a sum next is conversion to christianity the anglo-saxons were pagans the christian faith made steady progress among them approaching them from two directions a number of missionary priests came from ireland and were at work converting first to the scot and then the anglo-saxons this went on for a century and a half from 432 to 597 In 597 Saint Augustine came directly from Rome to convert the island. Saint Augustine took up residence in Canterbury and converted Ethelbert, King of Kent. The Irish priest worked among East Anglians and Northumbrians. Saint Augustine sent his assistant to Northumbria. Thus the two strains of Christian influences, Irish and Roman, worked hand in hand. But the differences between them caused confusions and conflicts. which were resolved in favor of the Roman Church in 664 at a place called Whitby. In 669, the new archbishop Theodore came. Under his leadership, Christianity was established throughout the land and organized as a single establishment by the end of the 7th century. The whole of this history of the Christianization of England is narrated in The Ecclesiastical History of the English Nation by Venerable Bede, it is written in latin in 673 to 735 next is alfred the great 849 to 99 he was the king of wessex from 871 to 99 and he was the youngest of the four sons of king ethelulf his adolescence was marked by ill health and deep religious devotion both of which persisted for the rest of his life his youth was spent in fighting against the danes who then threatened to overrun all England. In 870, he fought in the Battle of Ashdown. In 871, he, became to the, he came to the throne. But the battles with the Danes went on with varying fortunes. He tried to buy off the Danes. Danes. During the five years of peace, he built up a naval fleet. During the five, in late 870s, the Danes made a series of surprise raids and Alfred's army was beaten. Alfred fled to Ethelney from where he organized raids against the enemy. The famous legend in which he is scolded by a peasant woman for letting her cakes burn belonged to this period. He had become a folk hero. In 878, Alfred rallied his, rallied his enemy and won a complete victory over the Danes at Eddington. He dictated a peace by which the Danish king became a Christian and all England was divided into two spheres of influence, Danish and English. In 886, he captured London and became the sole lord of south and west of England. Now Alfred organized the kingdom. The Miltia was reorganized about numerous garrison forts throughout Wessex. He issued his code of laws, which contained measures for a strong centralized monarchy. He reformed the administration of justice and reorganized the finances of the court. He came eventually to be considered the overlord of all England, though the title was most officially confirmed. Alfred's great achievement was cultural. He 
he set about educating his kingdom he sent for scholars and translators they came from the continent from ireland and from the schools he established he had established he translated pope gregory's the great latin treatise on pastoral care under his influence the anglo-saxon chronicles were begun he had bede's history of england translated into anglo-saxon he personally translated berthius on the consolation of philosophy with the achievements to his credit he deserves to be called alfred the great